This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. I was a bouncing and laughing as we rolled down an old dirt What's road. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode number 73 of the Always Race Day podcast. I'm Connor Ferguson here with Damon Helgewald. Uh, just a reminder that our podcast is brought to you uh, by the fine people, the fine folks at the Carl Auto Group. Damon, have you ever been just stuck in life and thought like, man, what could I do to impress my friends and let them know that I'm still a part of here. Yeah. Yeah. I do that a lot actually. Well, I wouldn't go out to buy a car. I don't have that money. Well, neither do I, but you do anyway. Right. In my, in my case, like right now I'm trying to find a PS five and do that, but that it's going about, if anyone has any tips, reach out to me anyways, uh, go to Carl auto group, get yourself a midlife crisis car, come back enter it in a demolition derby. Everyone's going to think you're a badass. Like, wow, this guy has expendable funds, uh, up the ante. And you know, maybe in three or four more life decisions, you'll figure something out within all those five and learn something, uh, to get everything back on track. Well, you'll be proud to know that someone did that at the Iowa state fair demolition derby. Really? Yeah. I swear to God, I did not hear about this setting up this ad read. No, like I'm pretty sure that somebody went to the parking lot, pulled off a, uh, pulled off a car out of the parking lot, put it in the demolition derby. It looked brand new. I like it. That's that's what I would do at a demolition derby. Why are you doing car prep? Well, car prep in the demolition derby is taking a hammer to the door. I, well, and seeing that you got to have all, you got to have expendable cars to do that, but you can exactly. get that at the Carlotto group. They'll sell you more than one. They will. You could probably go in there with a flat bed, flat bed trailer and come away with about mm, four or five. If you really wanted to. There we go. All right. If anyone does that, please call me uh, and I'll meet you there. I want to just drive one of your demolition derby cars. That's what I want. I'm I'll meet you there. I'll meet you there to help load them up, but we'll I just a, want to drive one of the cars. We'll do a documentary on it. We'll follow you the whole way through. Uh, that would be a great, great short doc series. Short doc, dude. I'd make that like a movie. Okay. It's going to be a movie. All right. There we go. If anyone wants to, uh, has the cojones to step up and make a really cool life decision. Do that with the Carl Auto Group. All right, let's get into the podcast. Episode 73. Damon, what in the hell is a matter with your piece of you-know-what driver? That dude is on a rampage. Kyle Larson's the dirtiest damn driver out there. I cannot believe you showed up on the podcast wearing a Kyle Larson hat today. Of all days. like I, It's insane that Kyle Larson fans and Dirt fans have this just whole pompous attitude about how their guy's the best in the world and nothing that he does wrong uh, is ever a mistake on his part. Uh, he was definitely just oh, so out of line, man. I can't even fake it. I'm not proud in my driver, <laughs> but it was I not, it was not within 
30 seconds of Kyle Larson getting onto my television that Chris texted me, fucking Larson. Well, here's what I'm going to say. Kyle Larson, A, is still the greatest race car driver on the planet right now. Agreed. B, this ain't the first time that these two have had a little bit of beef. Right. You think of California? California. But on the other token, Chase Elliott has done this to a fair amount of folks in his racing career. Non-teammates. Non-teammates, you're right. But the result also ended worse uh, for, for said drivers prior. Right. Uh, and before we get too far into this, uh, I think Dame and I are pretty much on the same side here. Uh, I think, and the guy said it, Kyle said it after the race. He's, he said he felt bad about the move. Why do you think I said I'm not proud of my driver? Damon was directly quoting him. Uh, it, very clearly, Kyle thought that was the wrong move to make. Um, now Chase's response is more of the wild card here. I don't think you can be too mad. You've got an overwhelming favorite in the points. Uh, I forgot they were doing like second in the regular season standings gets 10 points. Third gets eight. Did you remember they were doing that? Yes. Yep. Okay. So Chase has a less substantial lead, but he's still got 16 positions on the racetrack over whoever's in second. And that's bearing that, um, who is in second? Well, if Larson, Larson is. In playoff, yeah, even if Larson too. If Larson wins this week and he's still got a big lead over him, so right. It was I, they were just showing the regular season standings on uh, Race Hub here, and and it showed Larson in second by like one thirty four. One thirty four exactly is second place right now. So. Um, as it currently stands, it's 134 point points. Basically, Kyle would have to finish first in both of the next two races and Chase last. Oh no, no, no! Chase is already the yeah. Chase is already the right. Season. He's yeah, the regular yeah. season, you know. But even for them to overtake one another, Chase is the over is already the regular season champion. So guess what? It's already over for Chase. So he doesn't have to be as pissy as he was. I get it. You're going for a win. Larry Mack made a very good point before I had to mute him to get on here is the fact that Chase hasn't won a road course race since road America last year, July of last year. He hasn't won a road course race, right? He is the leading active driver in road course victories. So that that's a big thing for him to want to continue. He's only a handful of races behind Jeff Gordon, in total road course wins. Yeah, he's, he's been electric at him. I mean, that, and that's got to be part of the competitiveness there. But yeah, what I took absolutely. from it, and I'll get to the point of like people are super unfair to Chase Elliott because he's been in a position to win his entire life and is one of the only guys that's gone out and done it. But, uh, and I already sound like an asshole, <laughs> like just describing this. But I feel like he's gotten dumped in late race situations so many times, and he's pretty much played out every kind of decision you can go from here for it. And this time, it's a teammate; it's a guy he uh, raced. You would consider actually. you would consider yesterday getting dumped. Um, I shouldn't say dumped. I should say something more along the lines of like prime position to win the race. 
and something happens to get it taken away. I'm not saying what Hamlin, what Hamlin did to chase in Martinsville. Yes. I'm not trying to say those are all the same levels of what there was, there was no contact other than the, the right or the right front to Larson's left rear. Right. Right. He just pushed him out wide. It wasn't anything. It wasn't like he put him in the wall. It wasn't like, he tore up some equipment. Uh, they he, just raced hard into turn one and went wide. Yeah. And I, like I said, I don't think it was necessarily a dirty move, but Kyle definitely said that he wasn't proud that he had to make that move to pass him. Um, but I think that's Chase has had a lot of wins taken away from him at the last minute. And I think being the competitor that he is, I think that gets to him. And, you know, here's my chase thing. He goes on and does this miraculous, just merry offseason, happy Christmas. He played the Kevin Harvick ball so well, uh, minus if you want to debate what he did at Bristol, which I still think wasn't entirely egregious for how much they were letting those two guys fight on the racetrack, mm-hmm. which is dangerous in its own right, and there's 17 debates we can have in that. So Chase has all these one-liners through the playoffs. It was electric. I loved it. And people call him a crybaby. And they're like, this guy just, he never stops complaining about stuff. It's, it's ridiculous. And I'm like, yeah, three years ago, Kevin Harvick had one of the best pit crews in NASCAR. And then he'd just trash him every week. So, you know, eye for an eye, apple for an apple, whatever you call it. This year, Chase, understandably visibly pissed there's cameras everywhere you can see that chase is pissed off he goes to the tv he says congratulations to kyle and congrats to the five team you gonna talk to him about it uh just gonna congratulate him they did a good job says as least amount of words as possible people call him bland what do you want the guy to do what what do you want him to do do you want him to call kyle a bitch i mean it's insane to me at this point. You're just picking and choosing which days this is all right and which days it isn't. If you're going to not like a guy because he doesn't have a great interview style, that's like my thing to do. That's how I pick my favorite drivers is who, who talks better, right? But seriously, like this guy, he kept his cards close to his chest now, and now everyone's pissed off that he's too bland. I don't get it. So uh, for me on that stance is okay if it was the same person last year saying that he's a crybaby coming back yesterday and saying i'm I'm not taking i'm not going after one person this is just the overall overall right but what, what i'm getting at with this is if it's the same person that said yesterday that he's bland is and they said in last july or last august that he's a crybaby they're the one that's wrong in this situation however i think it's two complete opposite sides I think there was a group of people that called him a crybaby last year for what he said and what he, what he went about doing for me, it was something that helped elevate the sport a little bit. We haven't had, and people talk about it all the time. I hate Ross Chastain with a passion, but the guy is creating buzz because he's creating enemies. Can I, can I counter you just on that specifically? And we can get back to what you were saying. Okay. There's that graphic that NBC released today, NASCAR and NBC. Um, they've since deleted the tweet, but they had a tweet that he was involved in seven straight weeks 
he's been involved in an accident this week he took out his teammate Kimi Raikkonen so that I'm sure resonated very well with the um European F1 fans uh that already don't like NASCAR uh and we'll get to them too don't worry (laughs) but I, I there hasn't been a Ross Chastain buzz in the last seven weeks but not compared to his the first part of the year when I agree you know I agree but here the most re- the last 7 weeks they have he he's had a couple of big ones in the last 7 weeks obviously the Denny incident at Pocono was a big one okay all right i did forget you know, that people people at Pocono when Denny drove him up the track and Ross ended up in the wall and then spun out there that was a big one on that but with Ross's deal is he's creating enemies amongst other drivers now if it was one in particular driver like if it was always denny hamlin every single time for ross i think we would see a more wide um a wider approach on a national on a more national stance for chase he started to bring that last year with with kevin harvick and how much buzz that was getting across all platforms of any sort of motorsport of any sort of social media, people were talking about it. They talked about it on the drag racing uh, shows last year about chase and about Kevin going after one another. And then NASCAR stopped it. They brought him into the truck and they cut it down. So I blame that growth of what was going to happen on NASCAR stance because that that easily could have blown into something that the sport really needed. They need a true rivalry. Think back. When was the last time we had a really good person that absolutely hated the other guy? Steve Kinzer and Sammy Swindell, and they just turned it in, on the cameras. <laughs> in NASCAR. No, I, that's what I'm saying. I, I mean, we need a couple guys that already aren't great with each other like brad you remember uh it was like 10 years ago sunday because someone shared that video of uh brad coming out at driver intros and saying kyle bush is an ass Mm -hmm. why can't we get driver intros every week where drivers can just do that it would be cool that's that's my driver intro argument have them choose their own songs you you could then have any type of um okay say that i don't want to make that joke everyone will think i'm talking about something else I, it, it just, do I have to say it now? Is this okay. no? You don't have to say. It. Yeah. You don't have to say it. It's okay. We'll, but yeah, we'll say okay. Kyle Busch but, and Brad Keselowski are starting next to each other, and they do yeah. you by CeeLo Green or something. Like, but here's you, the thing: you open that up. The the thing with that one is it doesn't the two drivers in that seem to have matured so much that we haven't had an incident between those two for a long time. Because Kyle, I would say Kyle was in his heyday and Brad was an up and comer when that video came out. I think the closest that we've been to a rivalry of such is, is Kyle and Joey. When they got in fights at Vegas and Kyle left all bloody and that, that was probably the closest we've been here recently. But you think back to the day, you know, back in the 80s, in the 90s, and even in the early 2000s, how many, how many drivers really went at each other on a regular basis? Hell, Kevin Harvick wrecked Matt Kenseth. Matt Kenseth come back and wrecked Kevin Harvick in like 2003. 
Harvick shows up the next week at Michigan, a race that I'm at as a kid wearing a Matt Kenseth t-shirt walking down the, the uh, pit road and then proceeds to go on Rex Kenseth that week. Yeah. I mean, that's like, that's in for all the people like, Oh, with social media and cameras all around. And that would be kick ass back then. Could you imagine that? Awesome. Could you imagine Twitter seeing Kevin Harvick wearing a Matt Kenseth t-shirt? And then taking him out like I'm gonna have the target of who I'm gonna wreck in the next race on my T-shirt coming in the week. You know, it, it, we just we don't have that. And you go back to the you know even the Dale Earnhardt and, and Jeff Bodine days back in the '80s. And then Dale Jr. talks about it all the time when this gets brought up as a rivalry. Is his dad would see Jeff come in the mirror, and instead of running first like he currently was, he'd be like, "Nope, that's my problem now. I'm gonna go wreck Jeff," and he would. And he'd take his ass out and he put him in the wall and they both wreck out of the race and lose hellacious points because senior was more worried about Jeff Bodine and Bodine was more worried about senior. And it was, it's the craziest thing in the world. I'm not saying that we're going to see an inner team rivalry right here. Um, I think. No, we're not. One, I one think, guy, one guy helped the other guy get into his USAC midget program and they raced right. together a lot. So I don't I think, think you're going to uh, see that, but I think, I think However, today went is going to go a long ways. I think Rick Hendrick has also had uh, enough of the inner team rivalry when he had Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson bouncing off doors at Martinsville a few years ago. So uh, I think that door has kind of been closed as well. But it, it just, the sport needs something. And last year, Chase gave it to us and people got pissed about it, which made zero sense because he was doing something big. And now Chase had an opportunity to continue to build off of it. And he changed his tone and narrative. And I think that's what is, is problematic for me for Chase is be one or the other. Don't flip back and forth. And that's what made me mad about Ross is Ross went from, Hey, I had to do this coming up, growing up. This is how I got here. And then he flipped to the, Oh, woe is me when I got dumped. But I, so I bounced my way back. I remember you know? that. Cause we had kept, I'd kept like, man, apologize or something, do something like acknowledge your fault. And you were pissed at him. Cause he finally did. Yeah. It, <laughs> yeah it, that I, was I, awesome. I just, I, I, if you're going to be, if you're going to be the guy, be the guy, if you're going to be the apologetic guy, be the apologetic guy. If you're going to be, you know, the, if you're going to be the Kyle Bush of the next era, Beat the Kyle Bush of the next era and don't back off of it. Chase Elliott's demeanor when he was coming through is, you know what? So what? Oh, shucks. Next race. Well, then last year happened and everybody seemed to like it for, from a wide perspective. Chase's fans seemed to really like it. I loved it. And so and so I, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, that's the chase that we're going to have. That's awesome because the biggest brand currently in the sport is now going to have a bigger personality. And then yesterday kind of blew that. Do you think that him being friends with Kyle and them racing together on dirt, like I thought that definitely played into it. I think if that's anybody else, we're getting a Kevin Harvick part two out yeah. of Chase Elliott this week, even despite it wasn't a anything as egregious of the wins that uh, Chase has had taken away. I still have that t-shirt. I was just folding it. Um, the middle finger he gave to Kyle Bush at Darlington in the COVID year. Like, yeah. Yeah, like that. I I still think that Chase is there. I don't think he's lost that. I think this was it was because it's Kyle. It's because it's in within Hendricks' organization. Like I think that played a major role into this. And I think that's when he was talking to Jeff and Rick. He was like, 
man, I just got to like say one thing to them and they're trying to calm them down. I don't know what was being said. I haven't done any professional lip reading, but that's to, that's what it read like to me. I think the other thing to throw into that, I agree 100% with that. I think they're because of being teammates, because let's be quite honest, th- those guys are friends because they hang out all the time at the racetrack. They're, they're always, you can see them together quite often. Um, and then Kyle obviously helping start Chase's uh, midget team and all that stuff. But uh, what, what I also want to take into perspective too is Chase really sounded like on the radio um, interview that he did on MRN that he made a mistake going in there as well. Chase made a mistake himself going into turn one. And so a little bit of his, you know, down kind of brash upset, I guess the, the personality he showed a little bit, I think might've come from him being upset at himself for giving Larson the opportunity to run him wide. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, uh, I think you're right there. I think that's Larson also, you know, pointed out, he picked the left left lane. I ran the Xfinity race, so I know not to do that. Now you can only run five of them these days. So right. But I think that's also helped other forms of racing. Yeah. I mean, instead of running the Xfinity race, you're going to go run with the all-star circuit of champions like Alex Bowman. Like, I think that's awesome. I mean, you're, you're racing against, you're racing heads up against a guy who races probably three to four times more than you. So yes, it's not in the same stuff yes it's not you know anything translates from a cup car to a wing sprint car to a dirt late model but what what does race is experience in late race situations and that's what kyle's got over chase in that setting yeah so i i don't ultimately think we're going to see anything out of this um unless the two come up close to each other in the playoffs i think it could get a little dicey but i still don't i don't anticipate anything happening I, I think if anything, you know, if it's coming down to a, a cutoff race in the, in the playoffs or uh, down at Phoenix to finish off the year, I think we could see the cars get a little bit wider, but I don't, I don't anticipate chase going into, you know, Bristol, the, the opening weekend or, or Kansas two weeks into the, into the postseason and be like, all right, my job's to punt you now. Yeah. All right. I think we're on the same page there. Uh, as far as Kimi Raikkonen uh, came in, made his NASCAR Cup Series debut, uh, qualified 27th, finished 36th uh, after being taken out in the middle of the race. Uh, chain link, chain reaction uh, incident caused by Ross Chastain. Uh, did you? I I kind of saw it through Twitter. I don't know if you got the same vibe, but more uh, people who typically only watch Formula One as their only form of racing that they watch uh, were watching the race this week. Yeah, it seemed like it. I mean, you you've got a big name like Kimi in there, so it, it seemed like Twitter was was more involved from certain aspects. I mean, a lot of the people that I follow anyway are already in the nascar world so it it kind of gets buried a little bit i feel like this is like deja vu to like last year um and we've talked about this before but i feel like you know more people are watching you know what f1 fans are saying they're like 
are there are there track limits like a five-year-old could understand there's track limits and it's like yeah it's called the wall dude it's a racetrack inside wall to outside wall you don't get scared of lines on the ground when you walk do you yeah It, it what frustrates me in today and i've vented it a couple of times on here is the is the new age of fan that is coming in who thinks every single thing no matter what form of motorsport dirt asphalt straight line ovals road courses does not matter they think everything lives and dies by the law that the f1 federation sets yeah it's terrible dude you watch one of those races as a racing fan you're going to be like why are the refs like so there it's unbelievable there's not more there's not a more overly officiated racing series than formula one and the fan base that comes with it and people were tweeting me about f1 fans like i'm starting to see what connor's saying and i'm not trying to like be braggadocious and be like, yeah, see, see what I mean. But like, there is a faction or fraction, and I think both words can apply, but I don't know which one is better. <laughs> but there's, there's a ton of European F1 fans that only watch F1 and they live, die and swear by every single rule that has been pounded in their head over the past 20 years about how these guys are the best drivers in the world. The cars are the best technology, technology, I can't talk technology. You, you were good. And they have all this like stuff drilled into their head about how it's the best. And they don't even think like, you know, if the car's harder to drive, it's more impressive at times. You know, if you overshoot a corner and you can just hit a button and the car goes back on the line, like Colton Herta was talking about when he tested one, that's not necessarily a good thing, right? Um, you can have one of the best drivers in the world there. Absolutely. Is there a way to measure it? Yeah, definitely not. Cause when you race F1, they don't let you race anywhere else because they're a little pompous about themselves. They view IndyCar, who I would argue has more talent by far, more diverse by far. And they take IndyCar and they say, well, IndyCar is not quite as impressive as F2 when it comes to qualifying to race an F F1 car. doesn't make any sense. You're comparing a minor league to a national series. doesn't make any sense. It never has. And they have all these expectations, right? And you get Kimi Räikkönen in the car. Okay. Yeah. He was battling with Chase Elliott. He was having a good race. It was looking like top 15. I'd like to see more guys do that, but Chase got by him in half a lap. Mm -hmm. Our best to your best. There will never be a time where they put them in equal cars and we get like the answer, like this series has the best people and this one doesn't. I'm just tired of the second class citizen treatment you get if you're watching a different form of racing and talking to an f1 fan well there's a lot to uh unpack from what you just said thank you i thought i did my work uh, well though you did you you, you elaborated Ooh, well gotta shake it out um, okay i agree with the points of the f1 fan thinking that everything's the law right and you and you, you pointed out the fact of you know it's just it's, i don't warn, i don't necessarily fans, blame them because that's what they've been watching right you you point out the fact that f1 fans solely only watch f1 okay as as a fan of 
more forms of motorsports than not. If I'm going to turn on something completely different, if I'm going to turn on your nitro rally cross stuff, right. And I'm going to watch it. Um, yeah. I'm going to watch it with an open mind. Yeah. Because I want to learn what makes this sport go. And I want to, I want to say, I'm not talking about all F1 fans. Just watch F1. I'm talking about the ones that specifically only watch formula one. Right. And what, what bothers me is there's so many fans and this goes for all forms of motorsports and I'm not pinpointing F1. I'm not pinpointing NASCAR or anything. It goes for all forms of motorsports, no matter what type of, of track you run on. There are so many fans that are so narrow minded when they try to watch something else that they can't get past the fact that maybe just maybe on this day, their series isn't the greatest thing on the planet. I feel like you're getting at me with the invert thing. Well, what I'm, what I'm getting at, what I'm getting at goes to the point of, you, you mentioned that people watch it a lot of F1 for 20 years. Let's be quite honest. F1 has not been relevant since that show came out. No, but what I'm, what I'm getting at, and this isn't, you know, in some, I'm pointing at Jackie. Jackie does this all the time. She makes me feel real, <laughs> real small when she talks to me about Formula One. I'm just kidding, Jackie. Um, but but this, not. Is, this is the same vibes I was getting when I started getting into F1 in like 2010 when I was 13. And everyone was just, every F1 fan is so opinionated towards it being world-class. And I'm talking, I'm talking about those people that, they live in Europe. They've been watching. Right. This is all they watch, you know, and it's just it right. gets annoying. You know, no, you're sitting but, here like, and I, I probably get annoying heckling them about it, but it is very fun because they always respond. They, they just keep coming. Don't you think though, that as, as a sport, as a whole, at least from the United States side of things, I don't know what Europe is. Cause I've never lived over there. I've never been over there in my entire life, but from a United States standpoint, it feels like here recently, it's been more of the quote unquote keyboard warriors that are watching the Netflix series and are like, okay, F one's greater than everything else out there. That's what I'm getting from a, from a vibe from social media. I don't know if you are, but that's what I get. Yeah. I, you know, mine's probably just not even recency bias, but just, I, you know, I've from, since I've grown up and watched racing, the most pompous fans, uh, come from European F1 fans or they got a big 17 on their shirt. Yeah. I'm just taking a shot at Damon there. Yeah, it's fine. I get it. Damn Christopher Busher fans. I understand. I get it. <laughs> it, it it's, uh, it's just, it's so frustrating because the, the two or two sports, all the motorsports can work in conjunction. Hell we're seeing it right now. Yeah. How many, yeah. how many dirt fans are watching NASCAR because of, of what Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, uh, Christopher Bell, Bowman, all those dudes are doing. And how many NASCAR fans are watching dirt racing because of all those guys that are trying it? Yeah. Like, and it's just the understanding that like dirt racing in the world of allies and all those national tours are not second class to 
what we would call the big three, I guess. Right. Uh, right. Like same with NHRA, same difference. But then on top of it, like when I'm, when I'm at home on Sundays, usually, do you know what the best damn day is? Memorial day. Well, that, yeah, that is, it's a good one. Um, <laughs> The Indy 500 race day is what I was talking about. No, that is <laughs> that's, that's Memorial Day weekend. No, but I'm talking about the days, even in re- any regular season races where Formula One's run in the morning and IndyCar and NASCAR aren't overlapping. They all run the same day, and then maybe if I'm lucky, we get to book into it watching Houston's or watching some form of wing sprint car racing that night. And right, that, that is like that is the best Sunday. Every time, right. 100%. The Vikings could be 15-0, and 0, and if Kirk Cousins was playing quarterback, I wouldn't have a lick of confidence that they're going to go further than the second round of the playoffs. So what I'm getting at is F1's getting more popular. That's awesome. I love it. Don't treat everything else like it's below it because that's what those people told you to think. If NASCAR and IndyCar marketed themselves like that, they first of all, there'd be a lot less fans and – Number two, you'd look at them like you're being kind of ridiculous. There's all this racing here. Only thing cross seas really is F1 World Endurance Challenge. And you and I both know how hard it is to sit down and watch a whole endurance race, right? Yeah. But the thing is, is the, the fans, the fans who are watching F1 because of the, of the Netflix show are also are being basically brainwashed to say, well, all the other forms of motorsports don't make any sense because they do this or they do that. Well, what's different? They're still race car drivers. They're still strapping into something that could easily take their life. And they're easily all doing the exact same job. At the end of the day, their job is to cross the line first when it comes time. You try to go fast. Exactly. That's the goal. I think but- I think this but country would be better off if we all just sat down and watched Talladega Nights and Cars in every classroom. I think it would be good. It would teach a lot of life. Cars 3, probably more so than Cars. That's I a say, crisis film, too. Cars 3. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cars 3 is a good... That's a good one. I like Cars 3. A lot yeah. of life lessons. It's It, it was uh, predicting the future in Cars 3. Yes. Yes. Um, but it, it just... It's frustrating because you you get somebody like Kimi Raikkonen and now all of this these people are wanting to come drive Justin Marks's 91 car i saw five or six tweets in a row yesterday of different drivers well known names that want to drive the car next who do you see besides uh Jensen Button and Marcus Erickson i i just I saw, listened to Jeff Gluck's podcast so i saw Erickson and the other guy you mentioned i saw um obviously Elio's talked about it multiple times um there was somebody else well, daytona 500 ride was yeah yeah there was somebody else that i saw talk about it it might have been on erickson's post that i saw something too but regardless of the fact you you've got so many big name drivers that want to come do this now so your fan base can't come over to our side. I, I hate to say it, our side, but let's be honest. That's what we do best, and it's what we what we watch quite often. But your fan base can't come over here and start telling us how to run things. That's going to piss a lot of people off, and then it's going to basically make that 91 car irrelevant. I typed out that Crimea River t- tweet to that guy like four times with much meaner words. 
it, it, it made me laugh out loud. Like, what? okay, it's not an advantage to run over a rumble strip. You know, that's just when you have that many cars going into a corner like that, it might be what you have to do. And it's, it's shortening the course. Yeah. It's shortening the course. And as last I knew, and maybe your, your type of racing is different than mine is Connor, but, uh, last I knew racing is finding the advantages that the other guy hasn't. No, that's pretty nice. Last I knew that's what it was. Last I knew that's what race, what racing was is finding advantages. That's what, what made racing great. Yeah, I'm I'm a hundred percent with you. I think I hope people got a lot out of this and didn't just think I was gonna trash on F1 this week. Cause when it's actually important, I'm not trying to be sarcastic. That's all I'm saying here is shit, man. Racing's awesome. I hope it's more popular than it's ever been in the next five years. And obviously we want that. That's what my entire job is based off of, or half of we it. We got three, we got three sports coming out with three motorsports coming out with brand new video games. And I can't find a damn console. Well, you can get a PS4 and it'll be cheaper and you get off. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm about, I'm thinking about, I haven't bought a game yet. So that's what really is hinging, but, but you've got three sports, NHRA, IndyCar and world of outlaws are all coming out with a brand new video game this year. NHRA hasn't come out with one. And I'll tell you how far back John force was still driving the Castro Ford. And that was prior to 2012. Is that it? Was it not the, uh, was it the one I have? It probably is. It's got a picture with him and, uh, Ron caps on the front of it. Is it actually Ron caps on the front? Yeah. He's driving the brute car. That shows you how long ago it's been as well. Oh damn. I'm going to have to. Yeah. It's like 2000 and I think it's 2012, 2000. I think it's 2012 is the year of that game. I think it might've been a little earlier. It's it wasn't 2010, but it was, it was around 2012. Uh, you look back at IndyCar. When the hell was the last time they put out a video game? I don't think they ever have like uh, since like yeah. 2002. I, I was going to say if, if they have ever put one out, the closest I think they have is on project cars. Cause I have that on my PlayStation and then the outlaws haven't put one out since Donnie oh, yeah. and, uh, and Kinzer on the front of that cover. Yeah. So, I mean, and you know, I hope those games kick ass and you know, if they don't, I'm sure there will be people talking about them. I, I think I gives a shit if they don't. Here's, yeah, here's my take. who cares if they don't, because guess what? They're in the stores and they're out there for people to see. And as somebody who is as curious as I am, I'm going to see something and be like, huh, that's interesting. I may not buy it, but I'm going to at least look it up and clicks lead to, to more research. And all of a sudden now you're finding a new fan because you've got something in a store. Well, and that, I think that's another inherent part of this. And we'll get to the talking about dirt racing this weekend in a sec guys. But, um, we talk about all this stuff, Damon, that can help racing, right? Like having a Ross Chastain, having a rivalry in the sport, uh, doing this advertising, promoting this race, going, going to new venues and stuff like that. And the only like cohesive thing from all of that I get because I don't see a ratings boost from any one of those things, but you see a ratings boost overall mm-hmm. for the entire year because you got to be doing all those things. It's like a Facebook algorithm in that if you want to keep showing up, you got to keep plugging away. 
Mm-hmm. Punch, Absolutely. punch, hit, hit, or whatever the hell. Jab, 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 right hook. I got a Gary V book on my shelf. Got there you it. go. It's from Chris not two years ago. That works. Well, I, he gave it to me, and I had to ask Rob Gray, who the, who's this guy? Is this that Gary guy from TikTok? Oh, my God. He laughed at me. Oh, my. TikTok wasn't even a thing two years ago. What the hell? I mean, it was Latin. No, it was. It was it's definitely a thing over COVID, because that's how I got onto TikTok. I still don't have TikTok. I'm not. It's insane that you're holding off, dude. No TikTok. I, I can get the same videos on Instagram. That's that's the worst part of it. The Instagram ones suck. You don't get right. half the jokes you're getting on TikTok. Plus, the comment sections are so toxic. You'd be like, I completely get what you're doing, Connor. You got to stop reading these. I don't. I don't need the comment sections. That's why I don't have it. Well, if you're watching this, uh, this is probably our first YouTube video uh i'm trying to figure out how that works and maybe we'll have graphics and stuff where i can go like that and it's right there something's something's up there i haven't gotten to that yet but no, that's, that, that stuff that stuff can be can be put in yeah i'm gonna put this put this on youtube at least so i think that was a good convo uh overall especially for a no guest episode we don't have anyone to fight. who do you want to fight the most damon who do i want to fight the most yeah, yeah. uh there's a laundry list of people. All right. I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. All right. I'm probably, uh, I'm going Matt Kenseth. You would lose. I don't think so. No, you would. I'd remind him about Bristol of 2006 and he's an, he's an old man. Old man's kick your ass. I'll tell you that. Hey, I liked Matt Kenseth for a brief amount of time. and He ruined my damn week that week. I just need to remember something from 2006 when I was eight that he took out Jeff Gordon in the last turn at Bristol. Well, since you're going with somebody like off the wall that you'll probably never fight, can I go with like Ross Chastain? Cause I just want to fight him anyway. No. Cause I think we'll have him on the podcast sometime. We'll have to just talk. Oh, that is going to be bad. <laughs> this is going to be the worst podcast of all time. We'll have to have someone play good cops. So I guess we'll fight arguing about who will do that. No, that'll be you easily. <laughs> no chance. I'll take on Ross wholeheartedly. I'll talk to you after. Well, we can just do it. We'll, we'll have our content meeting on, uh, on the podcast this week. You got to look at uh, what big cat did in the part of my take interview with liver King. And like the first 10 minutes, like he was like, dude, you smell like shit. Well, he is a watermelon farmer. Right. I'm not you telling you to say that to Ross Chastain. I'm just saying, I'm going to just now. watch their dynamic and text me after you watch it. No, I'm going to tell you now that, you know, he is a watermelon farm. That's the downside. I like watermelon, but I don't like Ross. When you, do you like, when you're walking at the Iowa state fair and someone says, do you want to buy a watermelon? Do you mention Ross Chastain and say, I'm not doing that? Well, I didn't buy any watermelon at the Iowa state fair this year. If that makes you feel better. I think you need to tell them that that's why I will. Maybe but I walk like up and say like, this I, is, this is putting a bad light on your people and say it like that. I like watermelon. So, I mean, I'm still going to buy it, but you know, I don't like Ross Chastain. (laughs) Completely fair. All right. Uh, Jonathan Davenport takes the uh, topless 100 victory this weekend. Uh, They take the tops off lay models. Do you think it does anything? I've never heard of anyone. I really like trust in the lay model industry. uh, Tell me that that does much. I barely knew the race existed. I had forgotten about it this year. Um, that's I'm new, really new to lay models guys, but I, yeah, you're missing out. I don't think it, 
I don't think it does that much. The cards, the same guy won. No, no. I mean, it doesn't do a whole lot. Look at them. Look at what they, what they, they stand. The, the posts are a lot thicker than the uh, actual tops themselves. It doesn't do a whole lot. However, though, still a cool race because they get to see something a little bit different and it goes back to prior. Like it's basically going back to the roots of late model racing. Okay. So you, you gave me more of a definitive, um, answer on why they do it. Cause I was always, I was questioning the whole race Saturday. I was like, the cars just look cheaper. I, I don't know. I don't like it. It, it. It's just kind of, that's, that's paying homage to how they got started doing, doing it like that. Basically. And I'm not, you guys can disagree with me. It's completely fine. I'm not offended. Uh, you shouldn't be offended that I just, that it just wasn't my favorite thing, but it's one week in a year. So, um, JD, damn dude. No, it's, it's JD actually. What? You said GD and then damn. So, Oh, I thought I said, Hey, I'm sorry. It's either goddamn damn or I'm talking about Jonathan Davenport. Well, that's, that's a J. Okay. And he, he, dude's fast this year. It was what uh, he was extremely fast. And we're, we're having a little bit of this conversation, um, tied in with Larson, my buddy, uh, Max, that's he crew chiefs. Charlie's car, right? His son. Mm-hmm. He says that if Chase Elliott was in Kyle Larson's late model, then he'd win every race that Kyle did. So what my question is, how much driver is it and how much is it really good car? I know Jonathan Davenport has strategized how he's running his cars, where he's running them and how he's doing. It. And he's done very well at that. And that's why he's very good. But I think there's more talent to be had. And I don't think anyone's plopping in any of those lay models and just automatically being the class of the field. I, I agree because think about, think about racing as a whole, you know, I, I like to look at motorsports as a broad picture in this conversation because what, you know, what are, what, what do the best drivers do? The best drivers, they can wheel a car obviously. Right. But at the end of the day, look at the equipment. And the best drivers generally have the best cars, right? So Max is not wrong by saying that Chase Elliott could probably win all the races that Kyle Larson is in a late model. You're right. But you throw any, you can throw anybody with any sort of driving talent in that car. They're probably going to win at some point. Yeah. They have enough races. Right. Yeah, they're they're gonna win at some point because it is the it is a good driver in the best equipment. And now you just have Larson, who's the best driver in the best equipment, Jonathan Davenport, the best driver in the best equipment. I mean, it, it, it it's racing one on one. If you have a good car, your chances of winning go up. Yeah, you're absolutely right there. Um I think that's good. Uh, I also wanted to say congrats to, I think our buddy Chase Randall won the Sprint Invaders race uh, on Sunday. I'm wearing his shirt right now. Uh, And then Ricky Weiss uh, went down to Richmond Raceway and he grabbed a $20,000 check um, past Josh Rice with a couple laps to go. 
I was going to look for what the race was called, but I can't find it because I'm stupid in what I save and when I save it, uh, and I'm not organized at all. But anyways, you get my point. Uh, congrats to those guys. Uh, awesome stuff. And then I wanted to talk. Carson Macedo won the Jackson Nationals. Uh, race did lose a little bit of its luster, uh, but what a week, two weeks for Jacob Allen, dude. He is he's finding something. He might be a dark horse not champion pick for next year, but just top five at least. Yeah. I mean, he did this too, though, back at the time that, that he won it at Lake Ozark, right? He kind of went on a little bit of a, a little bit of a run there where he got things pointed in the right direction. And um, he, he went on a little bit of a run and, and we thought, Oh, maybe this is the year for Jacob Allen, but then, you know, the summer months happen and he kind of fizzled himself out. So is this something that's sustainable or is this something that fizzles its way out? Yeah. And I guess we'll see, but, uh, being good on the, uh, big track swing that we've seen here, um, definitely plays a role in everything. And I think, uh, I will tell you real quick. It is the butterball race that thank you. Butterball Memorial. I think it was the 35th annual. I believe doesn't say oh, 35th, 35th Paul Butterball Woolridge uh, Memorial. There we go. Um, yeah. Uh, as far as Jacob goes, I think he's, I think we're getting a lot of good competition out of the world of outlaws. I can't wait to see what next year brings. I hope that they get everything ironed out and we get another Brad sweet Carson Macedo and David gravel battling for the title. I think they've established themselves as, uh, as the big three at this point. And I can't wait to, uh, you can, we can put Donnie in as a legendary fourth. I was actually gonna, I wasn't pointing about Donnie. I was actually going to make mention, uh, at the end of your point. So I'll let you finish your point. Oh, I'm, you're good. You go for it. Okay. So earlier we were talking F1 stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And you said that they're, that they're pompous because they only let their drivers run F1 events. So is world of outlaws pompous because they only let their drivers run world of outlaw events. Yeah. I, I won't flutter from my opinion. I think you should let them run everywhere. They do that on the late model side. Uh, I understand wanting to keep your series together, but it hasn't gotten you, you know, was any of those guys that, are running the world of allies right now would they not run it if they were allowed to run everywhere exactly because there's not i don't think so no I think because i think their deals are lined up around the world of outlaws schedule you race every weekend well, that and the money is not as big at some of these other events think of yeah. the world of outlaw purses comparative to to some of these other purses right now if if the all-stars all of a sudden get massive purses, then I think you've got a little bit of a concern, but uh, you just don't see that happening. I think the only thing that's going to be close is Larson's series that they run Larson and sweet series. That they're not, you're not going to make yeah. enough back on 12 races to 90. And they're, they're running it. They're running it in the middle of the week anyway. So you're yeah. not missing any events. No, I think if a driver gets hurt somewhere else, is that an insurance talk? I don't know. I don't know the behind the scene behind the scenes, excuse me. Um, if, if you're the outlaws, if you're an outlaws, if you're an outlaws person that wants to come on and talk about it, I'd love to have the conversation. I want to attack anybody. I don't want to, I, does it appear pompous on the surface? Yeah. I would love the opportunity for someone to explain 
uh, why it isn't or the thought process. And I think I know some of it, but I don't think we know the whole nine yards. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna falter or go away from my opinion on that one. Just because you got to be consistent on that taste. I, yeah, I agree, though. Yeah, just had to yeah. clear the air. Had to clear the air. Make sure everybody understands. You know that I just I always get a hold of like tripping over my words when I'm like explaining myself because if a one person listens to some of this uh, and not the other part or something and people just hear like oh he said this I don't want to you know I want to cover my tracks uh, and explain why I think what I think at the time. Hey, I'm just answering Twitter questions before you get them tomorrow. Yeah, we're all good. I didn't put out a tweet today for questions. I was lazy. So I mean, I mean, I don't want people to listen and be like, well, Connor's blasting F1 oh, again I, because I, he's let they're talking about their drivers holding, but you don't hear him saying anything about World of Outlaws. Sure. I know I'll say the same thing. You should let your drivers uh run other events and go where they please as long as they don't miss World of Outlaws races for it. I think that's entirely fine to do. Absolutely. I agree. Uh, what was I getting into, Damon? That's why I said I wanted you to finish your point before I started this. Yeah, I no, that's fair. Uh, You're talking uh, about Macedo yeah, and I think I think we'll see. Gravel. I think we'll see great competition there years to come uh, for the big three, and I'm definitely excited about that. Uh, and I was just going to say, you know, hopefully this stuff irons itself out over the off season, and we get a full schedule, and truly will be always race day because we're just going to fill in all these days with slots in the calendar. So I'm excited for that. Um, our guy, Ryan Timms makes his world Valas debut this week. Good luck to Ryan. Uh, maybe we'll get him on. I don't know. Yeah. He's probably busy this week. I'll see if he's busy or not. I assume there's, there's, there's obligations this week that he's probably not had in a while. I don't know. I don't know who the guests will be Wednesday. Tweet me what you guys, who you guys want to hear from. Uh, maybe we'll try to get a couple of these guys. Uh, it's actually a good idea. Stop right there. I, I like that idea. I think you just need to open it up and see who the people want to listen to. All right. I'll put, I'll put out a tweet uh, Tuesday around 11 o'clock, right before I go to my dentist appointment. I like it. See who the people want to listen to. Maybe, uh, maybe, yeah, maybe other people pressuring them to not, uh, we've had a lot of, we've had a lot of dirt guys on here lately. I want to, we've had a lot of dirt guys, no show too. We have, we have, but we've also had a lot of, we've had a lot of dirt guys on here lately. We got to open up the, uh, open up the spectrum and see who we're missing right now. I'll talk about one. Um, Kokomo Speedway has their, uh, USAC Kokomo Smackdown, uh, non-wing sprint cars, uh, this week, three day event at, uh, Kokomo. Uh, over in Indiana. I'm, a lot of people love that track. I understand why. I hate that it's not in the world of all that schedule, but again, there is uh, reasons probably why and all that good stuff. Uh, but today, I guess over the weekend, Robert Ballou, uh we almost had him on here, uh, he released a shirt um, advertising himself as the Ballou Dozer. Uh, mainly because people think that he plows through drivers uh, in the way of slide jobs uh, and the uh, plow on it on the front of it says pushing through the bs okay so today brady bacon drops a new shirt it's monday uh, <laughs> the shirt just says laying the smackdown it's got a black and yellow construction vehicle on the high line of the racetrack digging into the cushion uh being passed by brady bacon's number 69 car 
and the on the construction vehicle on above where the uh, operator sits i guess it says madman which is blue's nickname and it has the number 12 right on the side of it i thought i thought that was pretty funny yeah i uh I had to read into the context a little bit because I thought, well, that's kind of just odd for Brady Bacon to post a post a caterpillar in one of his uh, one of his t-shirt uh, mock-ups. But yeah, that uh, that's pretty good, and those those guys are going to sell some shirts now because of that. Yeah, and I think that's you know when we talk about things that uh, different series need and stuff like that's great for USAC. Those are, and I I would assume they're. I don't think they're wholeheartedly having fun, having fun with it. There's probably a little bit of hate brewed in that. Oh, 100% shirt out. I don't think it's a case of like a Steve and a Sammy, but they're pretty civilly doing it, you know, until, until a writer goes close to someone's roll cage, you know, what are you going to do about it? Exactly. That, that's, that's just it though, is this is, this is the way to start poking the bear. You create t-shirts about one another and then your words start mincing in victory lane. And you know, that, that's how things get, get to brew. Well, we're, we've loudly advertised this. The first one of the two to come on the podcast, that's who we get on the side of. We will absolutely take a side, but it's just the first of which one of them want to come on. Well, you can speak for yourself. I pick sides. You're going to hear out their stories. I am. I'm going to hear out the stories and, or, and, or whoever throws the first punch. Oh, all right. Well, you're getting a little hazy there. Okay. Well, I, I, unlike Ross Chastain, what if the first punch is a drop kick? Well, then we would have had our answer a while ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a fantastic episode. I'm glad this is the first video. <laughs> Do you want to uh, talk NASCAR playoffs real quick before we leave? Um, I do want to touch on, you know, the, the NHRA side real quick. Because oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. One thing, one thing that has stuck out to me this season and a lot of people who don't follow NHRA, first of all, you're missing out because there's still a lot of, a lot of good, talented racing that goes on there. Where's the shoeless guy? How's he doing? Who? The dude that was in victory lane in at finals last year without shoes on. Oh boy. I don't know. Motorcycle guy. I think. Oh, Matt Smith. Yeah. Is he, you told me he was a douche. No, that's Steve Johnson. You're right. I forgot that. Yeah. Steve Johnson can be a douche. Um, <laughs> anyway, still a douche is the update. No, he's, I mean, he's leading points or was second in points last I checked. I haven't looked to, uh, here recently to follow along with it. But, um, speaking of the point side of things though, there's there's ongoing points battles in, in all of the series to make the countdown, kind of like we're seeing on the playoff side for NASCAR. But Top Fuel has had three changes at the bottom of the uh, of the top ten in the last three weeks. Funny Car had a guy who is basically maybe a step above you and I in pay grade, and he's in the top ten right now. 
And then um, the pro stock battles are tight because there's like 15 cars and bikes that can get in on a regular basis. But in Brainerd over the weekend, Steve Torrance finally won a race. Uh, I think it was his first victory of the season, if I'm not mistaken, in top fuel. And all year long, people have been like, why is Steve Torrance struggling? What is Steve Torrance doing that's different? This is a guy that's won four championships in a row, has dominated the series for basically the last five years, even though he lost the title uh, five years ago. They have come out physically and said, we're going to do something completely different this year because if we do the same things, eventually someone's going to catch us. So we are trying new things throughout this year. Those new things have not paid off as well as they had hoped, but there are people that are out basically saying that Steve Torrance's team is lost and they don't know what to do and this and that. And they're like, this, this is, you know, why are you struggling? I mean, they come on Fox sports and they ask him, why, why do you struggle so much? Well, he kind of put them in their place over the weekend. And he didn't say, didn't say much. Uh, just, just his famous little, uh, hashtag that he's turned into, but how about them Capco boys? That's all he's turned it into. And he's just like, how about them Capco boys? He kept saying, it. and by the way, they have a week off and they go into the biggest race of the year to the U S nationals. So, uh, this is a guy you don't want to let get hot and he is choosing the right time to get hot. Uh, I love Steve Torrance. He's a good dude. He's a fierce competitor, and he is a guy that's going to tell you like he sees it. Okay, so I'm sorry. Just to, maybe I'm bad at following stuff. Where is he at in the standings? He he in an all right spot? Like like I think I can double check. Get him, sixth. Like no, he's higher than that. He's like oh, so he's just not leading. Homer. He's not leading. No. Oh, okay. No, he's not leading. And that's, and that's what people are all frustrated about is because the guy goes out and dominates the last couple of years and he's not out front. He is third in points after this weekend. There you go. He's all right. Yeah. He's locked into the pl- into the countdown. Yeah, Antron didn't mention to me that he was close to missing it or anything like that. So well, Antron is close to missing it. He's close to missing it. Well, I would call that inside of the bubble. He is inside the bubble right now uh, by a total of 29 points over Clay Milliken. Going that's into a lot of race. points. Going into a race that's points and a half. Not really when it's points and a half. Oh, d- damn gimmicks. Oh, my goodness. Here we go. Everywhere, man. Here we go. Leave it to the NHRA to pull an IndyCar and have more than optimal points. It's ridiculous. Hey, you you wanted to see double points at Indy. I know. So now you're getting points and a half at Indy for the NHRA. It's the same thing. That's the points and a half. And then you, you have an opportunity for someone to earn hat like 0.5. That just looks very ugly on a graphic. No, it doesn't. I'm looking out for the graphic designers out there, man. Yeah. It, it, they don't, you know, it is what it is. You let it ride. You basically get your round win plus half of another round if you win. That's yeah. what it is. It's not like yeah. point five. It's not point five of a point. No, I know what you, I'm. I'm being stupid, anyways. No, I get it. Wow. I get it. It's gen. It's a general thing for you. <laughs> how's uh, How's Ronnie? Um, 
he was doing uh doing good. Didn't uh, didn't have a great day uh, yesterday. I think he lost to John in the first round. Ron's third in points right now, uh, so he is uh, well locked into the playoff. Good. That's all we need. Yep. Well locked in. Um, now, do you, get, do you get bonus points for wins in the regular season? Because this is the last regular season race, right? It is the last regular season race. They don't get points, but the points reset is what happens. Okay. So even winning this weekend wouldn't do anything? No, no. It would just give him, if he were to win, it would give him a better starting spot in the, uh, in the points. So he'd get a little bit more, uh, he would get a little bit more points entering the, the countdown. Gotcha. I see. All right. Should we preview Daytona? Yeah. Let's talk NASCAR points. Saturday night, uh, regular season finale rain in the forecast right now. They wouldn't run the race in the rain. Just so everyone knows. Um, what are we thinking? Kurt Busch is technically a playoff driver, but the doctor said last week, and this is all the doctors making the decisions here. They said Kurt was not healthy to run Watkins Glen and also not Daytona. Now, bigger safety risk at Daytona, but that's still a big, you know, distinction of you're not going to be healthy for the next two weeks. So my question is, do you think NASCAR is going to open up that 16th spot uh, and have both Blaney and Truex make it if there's no wild card winner? No, I know. Um, for for the simple fact of how much hate mail they got when they let Jeff Gordon in to the playoffs a few years ago after the whole Michael Walter Bracing fiasco at Richmond. Um, Which they, I, I still think they did the right thing there. And it has nothing uh, to do with Jeff Gordon being the favorite driver of all time. Nope. I was going to say, it doesn't have anything to do with your fandom of the, of the 24? No, nothing. Uh, I just objectively uh, right decision. Okay. I just want to make sure. Um, no, it, it, I don't think will happen. I don't think we'll see somebody else in place of Kurt. Um, I'll, I mean, I could easily be wrong and I wouldn't be surprised if I am wrong. I generally am often, but, um, I just, I don't foresee it happening that they let somebody else in for Kurt. I think also too, the reason Kurt sits out Daytona is like you mentioned, the safety factor is already high anyway, uh, because you know, it's probably more noted to be, to be a a dangerous track compared to Watkins Glen, but also it, it gives Kurt that extra week basically to, get recovered for the playoffs. So I think they were more using it along the lines of here is your opportunity, Kurt, get healthy, get better. Um, we're not going to put you back in the car and they're just going to say, we're going to hold you out for two weeks and it worked because it locked him into the playoffs. All right. All right. I like what you're uh, thinking there. Um, I think Jeff and Jordan on the teardown this week brought up a good one that they just hope that that decision's made before Daytona so that guys know what they're fighting for. I think that will save a couple of race cars, depending on what happens there. I still think um, my last spot's going to someone that's Ryan Blaney, Bubba Wallace, uh, Brad Keselowski. Yeah, kind of what, kind of where I'm thinking right now, as far as momentum, and 
those guys are all good there. If you're giving me the, you like Bubba Wallace because of this or that, shut up. Uh, second in the last two Daytona races, I want to say in first last year at Talladega. That was the last three super speedways. So it's, I'm forgetting this year at Talladega, but you get what I'm saying. The dude's lights out there. Uh, I believe him and Blaney will both be fighting up front. And if Brad can find anything in that car, uh, they'll be up there too. Along with Chris Busher, he's done Daytona before. I was about to say, I would say, uh, I would say Chris Busher is a, an outside shot. Uh, I would say Michael McDowell is an outside shot. Daytona 500 champion a year ago. And that car has been running really well here recently. Uh, I would say those two are outside chances. Uh, Keselowski is an, is another, um, like you mentioned, I wouldn't consider Brad as, as much of an outside shot to win, uh, but maybe a guy that if he's there at the end, takes advantage of an opportunity. Uh, but out of anybody that's on the outside looking in, meaning they're not one of the 15 drivers already into the playoffs. Um, I, my, my picks going to Blaney just for the simple fact of he's good at super speedways, as we have seen, especially at Talladega Blaney is good there. Plus he's got a lot more to race for than a lot of the others. So I think he's going to be closer to staying around at the end of the race, as long as he doesn't get caught up in anybody else's mess. I like it. I think, uh, I think that will round up. We'll probably do a bigger thing Wednesday about it, talking about it or whenever we, we're going to get back to Monday mornings and Thursday mornings and releasing them that night, the night before. So we'll get on schedule this week. It's been a lot of time at racetracks, I guess. Um, but yeah, y'all know how it goes. Uh, we'll get it figured out and appreciate you guys listening. Damon, do you have anything that we didn't talk about that you want to add? Um, not a whole lot other than you were at the greatest place in Iowa this weekend. Oh, I, yeah. I want to let you guys know podcast exclusive here. Uh, Damon, uh, said that he would rather, uh, go to a drag race, um, than to hand out, uh, food and scholarship opportunities to less than privileged kids. Sorry, kids. <laughs> I should have like picked like a easier one-liner to compare the situation to okay get evil raceway park either way yeah i i i do i mean it's crazy to think though that the last time i was there was like 2011 something yeah, like you've that. had tickets like the past nine years yeah i know i've had <laughs> i've had a lot of opportunities to go right uh, and I just, I just haven't, I don't know why, but I just haven't had the, haven't taken the time to do it. Kind of kick myself to, to not go. I love that place. It means a lot to me. Uh, spent a lot of summers, a lot of weekends at that racetrack and that facility. So one day I'll get back there and I'll be excited to see what, what changes have happened in the last 12, 10 years, whatever it's been. I, uh, I wasn't a big fan of, we watched the cars qualify, and I was kind of keeping track of who ran what time. And the one seed doesn't face the eight seed. The one seed faces the five. So yep. If you qualify fourth, you face the slowest guy. Yes. Uh, it's the, the sportsman way of doing it. I, yeah. Well, this explains to me why I hate sportsmanship. <laughs> you, should, you should probably become more of a sportsmanship kind of guy. 
I, I dude, I love hockey players. There's no such thing. You gotta, you gotta get out of your, you gotta get out of sportsmanship. Sportsmanship is seeing each other the day after you punch each other in the face at the bar and drinking together. You, you gotta get out of your, your want to fight everybody mode and be like, all right, how do we, how do we get past our differences? Well, how do we not waste time with qualifying by putting the fast cars against the slow ones? That's how. That's what it's made for. I just want to. I just want to make a point that you've been going to this race for a really long time, and you're just now figuring this out. Do you know how bad the like presentation is when you? I've been going this race for 15 years, and this is the first year I'd noticed that they do that. I think it's a. I like think the it's cars all have words on them, and then they say every driver's name by their name instead of the car name, which. I think is stupid as hell. No, like, not necessarily. When they're coming up, they have seeds. You can say them. You know, you can present it in a better way. And I've I've had that critique of Eddieville every year I've gone. <laughs> I don't know who the announcer is there. And now. I'm not I like, and I'm not that. piling on one guy. It's every announcer I've ever heard there. Yeah, I, I'm just I like, can't. man. There's 16 guys you got to keep track of, and the, that's the big show for the weekend. Like, explain to the fans what they're watching before they watch it. You're lo- we were lucky enough. You. Like four years ago, they made the upgrade to start calling it the A field and the B field, and explain which one you're seeing. They've they've always had the fields. I know. That's what I mean. <laughs> Didn't know that before. Hey, don't be a casual fan. Okay. Don't be a casual fan. Be integrated into the sport. You'll know. So just double checking the NHRA, they do the first qualifier faces the 16th, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure that cause that that's professional. I just want to point that out as well. So professional is above sportsmanship is above sportsmen. Sportsmanship. Okay. Gotcha. Professional. Okay. So I'm over sportsmanship. All right. Good. This is a life lessons episode of the podcast, David. All the wisdom that you've ever needed is going to be happening right here, right now. All right. If you're still somehow still listening to this, send us a tweet. If you're not, if you're not listening to this, I don't know where we lost you today. We we yeah. really are not. This has yeah. been our like by far less stupid podcast we've done. All right. This this has been like straight and narrow to the point with a lot of conversation. I don't know how you've bailed out here. I've, I haven't made that stupid. many bunnies. Yeah. I was gonna say Connor hasn't said anything stupid today. I'm gonna have to start writing jokes for the next one. <laughs> oh, please don't. We'll start out. Know. We'll start out with the uh, spoofing SNL, but racing jokes instead of the weekend update. Yeah, I'll hang up. <laughs> All right. Up. Well, if you're still listening, uh, turn this off. Tweet us uh, first. Listen to me, and then turn it off. I almost got it out of order, Damon. They're listening to me too much here. Tweet us who you want to see on the podcast this week, next week, week after that. We'll, we'll just probably plan on doing this today, see how it goes, or Tuesday, I guess, see how it goes. And I don't want people to schedule our guests for us, and we'll double guest if necessary, and we'll try to get the important people on. But let us know who you want we to hear from. You don't have to get everybody that they put in there today. No, can, I know, I know, I know. It out. I'm just, I'm saying, like... I just want to know who the people actually want to hear from. That's fair, yeah. I, got, I want to know, I want to know who the people want to hear from. All right. So tweet us who you want to hear uh, on here and we'll do our best to get them on. Uh, it's not, you know, stuff falls through. Sometimes we alluded to it. 
Uh, let us know what you think. Send me critiques. You like it, you hate it. I don't care. I'd love to hear what they are. Um, tweet us at Always Race Day. Follow us on Facebook. Subscribe to the YouTube. We're trying to get a thousand on there so we can start doing some cooler stuff with it. Uh, go buy a shirt. We got some that say race cars have fenders. We have some that say late, uh, late models suck. Uh, we have one that just says it's always race day. It's my personal favorite. Uh, and I think your husband, wife, friend, girlfriend, cousin, brother, sister, nephew would all love it uh, very much. So that links in our bio, uh, check us out and, uh, we will see you back on the podcast feed Thursday morning, uh, to preview the weekend. Thanks guys.